If you like Taste Test and you want to keep the music digestion sessions going every week and get some exclusive bonus content, stick around afterwards for details. But first, let's start the show. Have a taste. You are now in the zone. Hey, what's Jazzin? Hey. Hey, y'all good? Yeah. Welcome to Taste Test Live. I'm Damian Lamar, host of the weekly podcast that I produced along with my co-hosts, Blue Francois and MJ Baker. Guess what we do? We interview a revolving list of local creatives, artists, singers, songwriters, storytellers, and more. And we have a very diverse selection of local and music artists that we feature. Hey. Yeah. I'm very excited about today's show and uh, what's on board for you to taste and enjoy over the next hour. In addition to our music digestion session called Put This In Your Mouth, there is a new segment and we'll be featuring a special guest artist. So Blue, can you take a quick moment and tell our first time listeners what Taste Test Live is all about? Taste Test Live is your weekly conversational podcast. Our podcast highlights local artists, singers, producers, entrepreneurs, and more right here in Jacksonville, Florida. We even bring you in-depth discussions about what's happening in the music industry. We have guest interviews and might even feature an exclusive track every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we jump into Put This In Your Mouth this week, Aaron Kendrick is going to be joining us in the studio. She is a visual artist and an arts creator or arts educator from Jacksonville, Florida. Her color-rich acrylic ink stained work of art and transformative installations seek to inspire a dialogue about contemporary spectatorship and the power of language as it relates to the perceptions of and about black women. She's exhibited work in museums, galleries, and alternative spaces throughout the southeastern United States. After receiving her formal art training at Florida State University, she received a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Studio Art in 1999, and Georgia State University, where she received a Master of Fine Arts Drawing and Painting in 2003. She worked for many years as a studio artist and an arts educator in Atlanta, Georgia. She is currently the lead visual art instructor at Jacksonville Arts and Music School and teaching artist for the Cathedral Arts Project. She's also been an adjunct professor at the University of North Florida, Columbia College, Jacksonville, and an art teacher at Duval County Public Schools. Erin was renamed the Cultural Council of Greater Jacksonville's 2019 Art Educator of the Year. In 2018, she was also voted Best Visual Artist, Best Art Exhibition, Best Arts Educator in Folio Weekly's Best of Jack's 2018 poll. She's a former Community First Foundation Art Ventures Individualist Artist Grant recipient, that's a mouthful, and a two-time Lift Every Student Arts and Resident Grant recipient and a member of Arts Advisory Board for Duval County Public Schools. Erin maintains a studio at Quartz Art District. Her current initiative, Artist Types, helps practicing artists with career advancements by providing workshops, mini courses, and templates for curriculum vitae writing, artist statements, proposals, and more. As an arts educator, she lives by Albert Hubbard's quote, art is not a thing, it's a way. Oh, hi. Hello. Welcome to Taste Test Live, Erin. Glad to have <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, so this week's Put This In Your Mouth segment comes to you by our co-host, Blue Francois. What you got for us this week, man? I would like to put something in y'all mouth real slowly. Take your time. And then... 
<laughs> you know. Hey, hey, listen. I'm, you know what? <laughs> My headphones falling all off. Take Heads that. Take bowing. that. Take that, take Exhaling. that. Exhaling. <laughs> MJ. Do I'm, you have a, any- I'm a 40-something-year-old woman, and our sex drives go up. So when you talk like that, <laughs> God bless you. Are you are you sweating or glistening right now because of I'm that? I'm glistening. I never sweat. I, there's always a glow. Dude. You ready? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Oh, geez. All right. BT reported that there's been details of Coming to America sequel is definitely coming out and they um, have confirmed the cast um, Wesley Snipes is definitely coming back uh, Kiki Lane who played Prince Akeem's daughter um, who else uh, Rick Ross been added John Amos um, Vanessa Bell Calloway they went and got back they went and got everybody yeah, yeah. the only person that didn't come back was um, Soul Glow there will be no Mr. Soul Glow Eric LaSalle mm-hmm. he's he's uh, directing uh, it, he's probably they're gonna probably say he wrote, he went out of business well he's he's the director of Chicago PD but something happened because when they interviewed him they he was saying something to the effects of hey I'm busy right now I don't have time but um, there was a joke online saying he didn't want to have to wear curls again and so um, so he definitely dismissed <laughs> but, coming but back. But why would he have to wear curls if it's like coming to America mi- 2 and it's it's more than likely going to be set in the future? Because he's They're Mr. All Soul Glow. Of, yeah, he, yeah, he's Mr. Soul Glow. His character, his, his, you know, his the ending and the effects of his character wasn't cool. It's not cool anymore. So, yeah, okay. Um, so anyway, well, so. Sense. But the rest of the casting is on point. Yeah, everybody's, okay. you know, everybody's going to come back. Um, they actually were working. It's going to, they definitely confirmed that it's going to be coming out 2020. They um, working on the plot everything um they have already and also they're going to be filming some scenes at tyler perry studios so yeah which is is like huge yeah 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 Yeah, we haven't even as a matter of fact we haven't spent speaking of tyler perry studios we never really talked about you know what yeah we haven't what a historic and prolific uh time this is to be living in definitely as a black person in media Mm -hmm. and in uh in the art, you know, as an actor, music producer, whatever. Like, I mean, Tyler Perry has. I mean, you want to shed some light for those people who don't know what's going on with Tyler Perry? Well, I was. Just, uh, well, he opened this massive studio, mm-hmm. and they said it's bigger than Warner Brothers yeah. and Disney combined, and um, it's another one. So it's bigger. It's it's bigger than three studios, I think, yeah. major studios out mm-hmm. there. And um, so I was, I read that he spent over $60 million for the party alone, like, Mm. you know, um, different things like that. But, you know, what I think is beautiful is that he created a, he created a space for, um, he created a remarkable space, not only for himself. So this is how super smart it is because, I mean... He created a space where he can do his own stuff. He doesn't have to rent out anybody else's space. And then we are in a time where you have more and more independent black people of color, period, Hispanic, all of that, who are going mainstream with their movies. Mm -hmm. Doors are opening for them. So this is an opportunity to actually give back. And then I heard a couple weeks later, I read an article where um, two Hispanic gentlemen who were in the industry as well, executives, opened their own studio as well. So, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see how... residual... uh 
opportunities opportunities right. happening. I yeah. mean, I just think about the independent filmmakers and now you know, another thing I thought about was you have L.A. and New York as the major places where people do their movies. And now Atlanta can really be mm-hmm. a true place for, act, you know, act, the people who move there to do their acting and their singing yeah, yeah. because he's providing a major space for that. So I think that's cool. I think let's take beautiful. test test live to Atlanta. Yeah. Y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready to go. Um, I've been back in Jacksonville since 2009 and I was in Atlanta for eight years. And when I left Atlanta, I was um, in school, but I was also a makeup artist. Um, so a lot of the people who were just starting, I mean, who were who are like big names now, were kind of just starting out. So like the guy who owns Rainforest, um, who went to FAM, um, I remember doing a makeup test shoot for Drumline. Wow. So these people yeah. were like just starting out then mm-hmm. and now they're these like major stars. So there's this huge film industry in Atlanta now. And I really think, I really hope Jacksonville was is within about 10 years of kind of regrowing yeah. its film industry. So I mm-hmm. think opening that studio was, was a great idea because the South is going to do a lot more. Yeah, right. I, I believe yeah. that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely a good move for the Southeast for sure. Yeah. What else we got, Blue? Um, quick, um, some quick announcements. Um, congratulations to JoJo Simmons, uh, Run DMC. Um, his son had uh, got married. Um, also, uh, Monica, the um, everybody's favorite singer, not mine. I like Brandy. Monica Brown. Yeah, Monica Brown. She. Um, <laughs> Bossup.com reported that Monica leaves house to Shannon Brown in divorce and has six months to vacate with kids. Dang. Yep, the divorce between Monica, which is who is 38, and Shannon Brown, 33, is finalized, and now details from how they are splitting their lives and have surf- have surfaced. According to divorce papers obtained by the Jasmine brand, the singer is preparing to leave the home she shared with Brown in Fayetteville, Georgia. Monica, who has changed her surname back to Arnold, has six months to pack up herself and her kids, Romeo, Rocco, and Layla, according to their agreement. Mm. Yeah, because she took the cars. She got she got all the luxury cars, and he got the house. Wow! And then they don't have to pay each other alimony or anything. Wow! She don't owe him. He don't owe her. Well, because she still have a music career, I could see her just leaving and buying a whole new house and don't want the memories. Because when I first yeah when I first seen the thing, I was just like she because she originally she had bought the house, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. And then when you get married, you share everything. So I do understand that. Wow, that's crazy. Mm, 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 okay, well, all the best to Monica Arnold. <laughs> Formerly Brown. Um, eOnline.com has reported Justin Bieber seems to be in a good mood. The singer teased the new music, um, which is on the way, um, just in time for the holidays. Um, but there's a catch, of course. If he gets 20 million likes... He will release new music. He's going to get 20 million likes. You think so? Yeah, definitely. Probably. So everybody out there listening, please go like Justin Bieber. Wait a minute. Am I even checking for Justin? I uh, nobody check. I mean, well, some Y'all go like, when they, y'all go like his. Some checking for him. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought he got saved. I thought he went through the Kanye West phase too. The what phase? He's the. Con- where you like in the social media save. Oh man, I shouldn't be saying that. Never mind. 
You know how you get saved on social. Never mind. You know, he is. He he believe in Jesus, but it's like that. But he not he not shutting. He not doing like con. <laughs> we can't say the name. Yeah, we can't say the name. Yeah, you can say whatever he, you want. He not doing like Jesus it's like, walks. It's like the yeah. It's like a <laughs> it's like a new age radical wear bummy clothes say I love Jesus type thing going on right now. Oh, hold Hi- on. hippies for Jesus. <laughs> Likes with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you, <laughs> anybody out there listening, if you are checking for <laughs> Justin Bieber, go like his post so he can I'm release not. new music. And it should be available <laughs> before Christmas. <laughs> that makes two of us, MJ. <laughs> I don't think nobody in this room checking for Justin. Justin, who? No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, that was so petty. I'm sorry. Last but not least, <laughs> WKRN.com have reported that the Grammy-winning gospel artist Kurt Franklin says he's boycotting the Gospel Music Association Dove Awards after they edited out a part of his acceptance speech earlier this month in which he called for prayers after a police shooting in his hometown of Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can add to that because I literally just saw the video today. So he, yeah, yeah, he used his uh, IGTV and posted a little bit, or maybe a little less than a two minute video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently, he had made the statement at the Dove Awards, and he asked them, and they what they did is they edited out what he said, mm-hmm. and it didn't air the second time. And then he did it again. He was invited back, you know, what, three, four years later. Mm -hmm. And they did the same thing. But also the Trinity Broadcast Network, TBN, they as well. It it looked like he was kind of choked up at the beginning of the video. Like he was really, really upset by it. I would have been upset by it, too. But people do what they want, you you know, know, with these uh, these broadcasts and things. Well, you know what? And I'm going to say this, you know, being somebody who was a worship leader, all this stuff within within the Christian community, there is, you know, so much division racially. And so it doesn't surprise me that they would edit something like that out because, you know, what would Jesus do? You know, but I think that we've ignored it. I think people ignore it because you feel like, oh, we all believe in Jesus. We should love each other. Is that Christ like? No, ignoring it is not because it says to worship him in spirit and in truth. So if Mm. you're lying to yourself to say that, oh, these people are not racist or they are not, you know, bigots, then you're lying. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? I I have to say I applaud Kirk Franklin for making that move. And he he did also say that um, anytime um, you not protest, that's another word that he used. Take a stance on uh, yeah. Anytime you you actually um, you take a stand like that, it, it could have negative repercussions. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So you know he is obviously thinking about that, but I think this is a good move for him. Definitely. So um, props. Yeah, on, and on standing and doing the right. Yeah, thing. and I, I hope other I hope other other artists of color, you know, not just black but all brown people within this community within you know um within the christian community stand with him because you know there is a lot of division that is ignored because we want to you know show save face and i don't think that that's right yeah now um it was reported by billboard.com that um 
that um, GMA President Jack Patillo actually um, responded to the uh, online internet pro- protest, yeah, and then issued an apology and about the you know, and, and he said um, in the statement he was saying that he wants to include people. He don't want them to feel alienated. And I was just thinking like that's a double standard, like to even say that because. Actually, speak louder than words. Right, right. Why did you edit? Why right. did you edit twice. them out twice right. in two separate years? Yeah. And an apology is not going to fix it. Yeah. An apology is not actionable to me. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's actionable to, to Kirk. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, mm. they should be inviting him on to talk more about the issue. Yeah. Now, would it be a real protest if he give all the other awards back? Even the, even the like, gospel, BT gospel. No, not BET. Oh, he's the, it's a dove. The but dove I'm talking awards. about the dove, like all that he's won. Oh yeah. Just give him back. Mm, yeah, that'll be that'll be deep. We'll see. That'll be deep. That'll be mm. deep. Um, <laughs> okay. And also, before we move on, um, I'm just being devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Go uh, all the way. Something to think about. I, but I, go all the way. That's brave. That's real brave. Give uh, it all back. Um. Also, the young. Um, they also said the lady, um, Atiana Jeff- Jefferson, who was shot and killed, and her, uh, her nephew actually witnessed it. I think that by him stepping up and and you know, and plus it was his hometown. I think that it'll hold the people who's involved accountable if there was more awareness about it. Right. Know? Because I think they they kind of like they they kind of portray and add like a different like. Um, narrative to like what actually happened like right. they were saying that they saw a gun so he reacted and so you know by people stepping up and reaching out and you know having people more aware of what really happened like when they try to change the narrative it'll get people to you know spark response and then and get the right in and, and petition stuff like that so um that's i think that's why it was very important for franklin to speak out because yeah definitely they definitely been changing things with the story and um yeah, so that, you know, for him to do that, and I think that they didn't want to bring no attention to it because the more attention get to it, you know, yeah. some things. I mean, it was it was obviously a platform. This network is widely watched, mm-hmm. you know, and but it, at the same time, it's like would would people at the Oscars do that or the G, the Golden you know the Golden Globes no. or uh, no the American Music Awards would mm-hmm. they edit the, you know these people out that have that's a, a good question right. I wouldn't know Yeah, they might play some music but they're not gonna they right. wouldn't they cut wouldn't it out they wouldn't silence them completely mm-hmm. silence is editing all the way like you right. know like when you talk about Kanye as much as you do like I just pull it right out of the podcast <laughs> cause he's not a sponsor <laughs> like um I think any like change historically starts with disruption yeah and um like we're sitting in this room today saying what we feel like saying and doing what we feel like doing because somebody disrupted the status quo a long time ago so i think the most important thing right now is like if you love kirk franklin to support kirk franklin yeah definitely because you probably didn't love the double awards you know you probably loved you watched it because of kirk franklin so um doing something like that um, takes a lot of like bravery and it courage because and, yeah. you could very well especially in the industry like you could very well lose yeah so I would just say to people to really kind of try to support Kirk Franklin yeah, absolutely through this ordeal and hopefully you know him stepping out because the Christian community is tough um, hopefully him because he's such a huge part of that that some things I just want to say to any believer out there y'all make the right decision 
And like I, I agree with Aaron, stand behind him, but also like be on the side of the right. Yeah, definitely. Right. As a believer, yeah. be on the side of the right. Yeah, yeah. Stand for what's right. Hashtag checking for Kirk. Hashtag not checking for the devil ones. Come on now. And that's it for Put This in Your Mouth. Mm. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more from Erin Kendrick, who's already vocal about a few things. I can't wait to talk more about her, okay? Yes. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back to Taste Test Live. I'm Damian Lamar, and we're here joined in the studio with Aaron Kendrick. Hello, hello. Yeah, glad you're here. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, yeah. So listen, um, we of course read your bio earlier. You are an artist type. I am, yes. You are an artist type. Yes. What does that mean? Um, it's really just honoring the truth about myself. Um, I mean, I've always been that way. I've always doodled. I've always drawn. I've always created and constructed and deconstructed. So um, I went to school for art, um, but I really didn't start a career, a real, I don't want to say real, that's a bad word. Um, I didn't start my career as a studio artist until about 2015. Mm-hmm. So. So in 2015, what was the thing that brought about the major change for you? Actually, I was I was telling Blue that Blue was in the Through Our Eyes show at the Ritz Museum in what, 2014 had to be? Yeah, 13 and 14. Yeah. And at the time I was an event planner and he was one of my photographers and he was like, hey, I have this show. So I went to the show and saw this room, this gallery space full of like black artists who I had no clue existed in the city of Jacksonville. Because I really, when I lived in Atlanta, I stayed in Atlanta because I didn't think there was an art community here at all. Mm-hmm. So um, that kind of, you know, lit a, lit a match for me. And by 2015, I was asking, how can I get into the next Through Our Eyes show? By 2016, I was in the show and just had like a really great response from uh, what six paintings that I did, and I hadn't painted in about eight years. Wow! And I've really just been rolling since then. So that's things, amazing. Things have so been blue. Good since then. You're responsible for that. Yep. <laughs> you know what? I can't say responsible. Like we work together in different facets, and she was so detailed and oriented by the things she do. Like, mm-hmm. cause she, you know, like I know the craftsman, you know, craft, you know, she makes like, you know, like flyers, and you know, she she's, yelling at she's people. She's an artist. Yeah. <laughs> hey, be here, Blue. You need to be here. You need, you know, like you I know. That was, was a mean event. And, but I, but I accepted her for. Her. I never got mad. She was like, Blue, you need to be dressed professionally. You know, you know. But I took it in. I took it in stride <laughs> as in, like she's detailed because I normally be like coming. And going and show up however and leave like you know i don't care i'm blue friends wow you know but she <laughs> attacked a different nature inside me like punctuality on point this and yeah and i accepted that from her so that that too belongs with the lane yeah. of professionalism right okay. yeah and so i but to her when she was designing and decorating like these wedding halls and these like it could be places that don't like you and like i remember she did something it was me and al pete and um she designed this college like place oh, wait, UNF. Yeah, mm-hmm. UNF. and it was like it was like it was like a cafeteria it looked like a cafeteria to me but when it got done like she made that place look like we was in the white house or something <laughs> wow and so 
And me, I remember Aaron was running around. Me and our people looking at each other. She was just yelling at everybody. <laughs> Alpi was I like, was. "Yo, what's wrong?" I said, mm-hmm. "Hey man, just this flow. Like, let remember, her do her thing." <laughs> I remember. I remember you were doing test shots, <laughs> and I was mad because he was doing test shots while people were sitting out there. And Pete had on like red kids, and I was mad <laughs> <laughs> because he had on red tennis shoes. And I, you know, but that's just me thinking about the client, and I'm always thinking about like every picture and every like, are you? You're going to be somebody's taking a picture of somebody and you're in the back of that picture with like shorts on or in a, you know, so I'm just always kind of thinking about stuff like that. But mm-hmm. so I was I was a little bit. I mean, even like the people I, who work with me say the same thing. Yeah, so yeah. I appreciate it. And so um, so anyway, I was saying all that to say. Um, so when I did the actually we had a, a, a we had an awesome lineup. We had Overstreet, um, Hatcher. We had a uh, we had a, uh, Adrian Rhodes. We had a lot of people. And so what made it so cool was when I invited her, I invited her to just um, because I remember she kept she would always say it was so funny. I don't know if she know this, but she would always go, I want to get back in the art, Blue. I want to get back in the art. I just want to draw again. And I used to be like, "Okay." so when I invited her, I, you know, intentionally invited her to come out. But then when I saw her, you know, trying to, you know, do her thing, I also had a show and I invited her to come paint live while people was performing and singing. And so when I seen her, like she was just so passionate. I, I think it was probably like maybe 50 people there, but she was just so passionate about just a small venue her painting and I was just blown away so when now when I remember when she did a museum she did what was it black girls um what was the thing you did at the uh a music event no 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 the um your get your first showing um black girls it was like a theme you did something you mean my individual yeah yeah oh it was her own thing the one that was at yellow house yeah okay her own own thing and I met when I met the balance king he was just like telling me and wait, he was wait, like, Blues, hold on, slow down, slow down. What? Because we're going to get to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go. <laughs> but I was going to, the reason why I wanted to bring it up was, let me tell you why. Okay. When she did her first show, I was so like, like, I, like I was overwhelming, emotional, like, wow, like just seeing the, just talking to people and seeing the backstory. I was working today, but I was just like, like just overwhelmed. And then she said the same thing. She said, Blue, you, you started this. And I was just like. Like you know, I was just yeah. flabbergasted. She's like, "Yeah, you started this." Like every time I see a blue, I'm, I'm doing this because you started. I'm like, I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> I'm like, and like I'm blown away. Like all the art that I like, I was in uh, blue chocolate the other day, and mm-hmm. somebody was talking about her. They didn't know I know her. They was like, and they was looking at art, and they, the first thing they said was, "I got to get something from Aaron." And I was like, "Wow, like they really people are really yeah. talking about yeah. you know." So Absolutely. I was blown away. So that's why I kind of you know leaked that information. But I was just blown away just knowing. You know, like I don't take credit for it, but it's just amazing that I seen the passion in other areas. And so when she had the opportunity, she just and then so so Aaron, you mm-hmm. obviously started off doing events, and I've mm-hmm. seen you. I've seen you in, in that element. Of yes. course, I was I was a client, but not that type of client. Right. I just showed up to sing. Right. And you've always were nice at nice to me. Mm-hmm. You never yelled at me. That's because you all were very professional and on time and dressed apart and all of that. Yes. No shade to any other by any other pe- people or groups that no, worked no, with Aaron no, in no. the past. I've no never shade. Had issues with bands. So mm-hmm. yeah, 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 okay. Great. Mm-hmm. So we didn't we didn't have to be yelled at. No. Um, but so 2015 was a like a, a little bit of a, a monumental year for you. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a paradigm shift occurred. You then start diving into your art, your art right. specifically. You were tapped into home. You come back to home mm-hmm. after being away in college and Atlanta for a while. 
you come back to Jacksonville, you see your artist scene, and you see yourself in the artist scene. What was that like? Um, it was really just a matter of filling a niche. Like, I really, I left Atlanta wanting to come to Jack, come back to Jacksonville and start an event business to fill a niche. So I left Atlanta saying I can build this business here in Atlanta and sort of like try to work my way through this, you know, an industry full of event planners. Or like the thought in my head was I can go home to Jacksonville and grow with the city. Like Jacksonville should be a different place in like the next 10 years. So it technically is 10 years later. I came back in 2009 and I've done that, but I just didn't know I would be doing it as an artist versus mm -hmm. as an event planner. Right. So I really just jumped in head first when I got back here. There were a lot of, and still is, like there's a lot of sort of complaints about the art industry and the art market in Jacksonville. Um, and I really just choose to sort of like try to fill those holes as much as possible mm -hmm. versus... So you're a, you're a bit of a filter. Them. Like mm -hmm. people tell you things, you hear them, and you you find yourself incorporating ways to improve these these I'm experiences. Not, I mean, I would think of myself more of just like a problem solver. As an art educator, that's what I teach. Like creative creativity is problem solving. So mm -hmm. if if there's a gap to be filled, and it's something that I choose to involve myself in, then I'm going to try to you know solve that problem somehow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Now I know a lot of the theme of your of your works are black women mm -hmm. and the plight and you know because I remember I started music when you went back to doing art and doing that and so mm -hmm. I remember the exhibit and through their eyes and it was like whoa you know the different medians and the different things that you utilize so how did you how does that happen for you like did you just did it just happen like you I mean you, you know what I mean yeah. is it like you know because as a songwriter I hear something in my head and I see a story and I just write it mm -hmm. is it the same as in for the most part and it was really kind of the same with event planning too like somebody would sort of tell me what they wanted and I would kind of see it at least see the way I would do it immediately and for me stepping back into art I actually picked up where I left off so when I was in Atlanta and I stopped painting because I stopped painting just to teach like teaching and being an art teacher and being a studio artist are hard to do at the same time mm -hmm. um, so when I stopped painting in Atlanta I had done maybe my first one or two paintings like in the style that I paint now mm -hmm. I sort of figured that out in my bedroom at home done, I maybe did two one or two paintings and then I stopped painting and then I didn't pick, a, pick up a brush again, really, until, like, 2015. So I just started there. Like, that way that I paint, that was where I left off in, like, 2008, so just 2009. Just right. a long pause. Right. And I just, you know, I really, when I did that first Through Our Eyes, I just wanted to get in the show, be a fly on the wall, see how things were here. And it just, you know, thankfully, it was not like that. Like, when I walked in the door... Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, hey, somebody's trying to buy this piece already, you know. So, so, and it has just, like, the city has been good to me since then. So, yeah. I have, you know, I can't complain about, like, selling work and stuff like that. Like, that, that's, I've done pretty well in that area here. So, you know, we, we've interviewed Overstreet Dukas, who, mm -hmm. who also exhibited in Through Our Eyes. Mm -hmm. um, his medium is a little bit more of a mixed medium. He uses a bunch of different found objects. Right. 
you use in your in your art if I were were to be descriptive or you if you were to be descriptive how would you describe your art to people who are listening it depends on what you're talking about when it, when it comes to paintings I when I say I left off I started where I left off that was as a painter for the most part um, I really consider myself more of like an installation artist so when I when it comes to painting I paint um, images of black women mostly portraits um, the intention of that is that I'm painting um, black women who stare directly back at you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the intent. Like the the, I guess one of the greatest compliments somebody can give me is like a lot of people talk about the eyes in my artwork, which mm-hmm. is great because that's the intent that it stares back at you. But I'm really more concerned with installation. So when you're dealing with installation art, you alter a room. So like the space is the media, you know. So um, I'm not just trying to get you to look at a painting on a picture. But I'm trying to sort of like activate activate the space around you. So the space between you and the image matters. Yeah. The space between the image and the other image matters, you know. So all the negative space. Right. Okay. So when it comes to Yellow House, the in, the intention was not to use Yellow House as a gallery. The intention was to use Yellow House as a house. Hmm. So you were literally in a dining room. Right. You were in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, so... That's really, I consider myself more of an installation artist. And as I kind of jump into 2020, more, you'll see more of that where I'm really kind of using a whole space. That's very interesting because I feel yeah. like when I when I saw that exhibit, I felt home. Yeah, I felt definitely. like I was, you know, in someone's home looking at their art. And yeah. I would see, like when I walked in there, I guess maybe the first time I went into Yellow House, it felt like my grandmother's house, you know. Yeah. And, and so... That show had kind of been in my head for 20 years. I saw Four Colored Girls for the first time at Florida State. And that show and, you know, what I was trying to get out and across from that show lived in the back of my head forever. But when I walked into Yellow House that first time, like, I knew it needed to be done there. Right. Mm -hmm. And she had never had a solo show there before. So she really took a chance on me, you know, because I was her first solo show. I was the first person, first artist to use the whole space. And, you know, thankfully it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it did. And I, I think I loved it because, you know, you to be able to go in and you really mm-hmm. wanted to read every story. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I th- you know, I mean, at least the group of people I, you know, happened to be with, we were all, like, quiet because we were all, like, absorbing mm-hmm. and reading at the same time and trying to understand what the situation is and different things and as a woman I could I could connect with the aspect of because I sometimes so many things are taken from us mm-hmm. especially if you're a mother or you know like my friends who are moms you, you know like I like I always ask I used to ask one of my friends all the time could I have you know a piece of candy or I would just ask her for stuff and she would say no Mm-hmm. My children ask me for stuff every day, mm-hmm. and I'll be doggone if my friend's going to ask me for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so she would just say, <laughs> I want to have something. If I'm mm-hmm. not with my kids, right? I'm not sharing. So, right. it, so it was really that kind of, it, it told a lot of cool. And that was really just that no in your story is kind of the intention of the work. Like my work... You know, when you read my bio, it's it's very kind of academic when, right. you, you know, I'm talking about contemporary spectatorship. But I'm basically talking about how language has been used historically to um, I feel like black women are victims of language. Mm. 
Hmm. And like language has been used against us historically. So the painting staring back um, comes from Bell Hooks's theory of like the oppositional gaze, which comes from the media. But it's basically the image staring back at you and saying, no, I'm not those things. Right. So you're going to have to like have this interaction with me Mm -hmm. and, and reconciling you why you think that about me, like what you brought to the table. So so that's what the staring is about. It really is about like, you know. No, maybe I'm maybe I'm not what you sort of brought to me. Yeah, you know your assumptions about me. So that's what it's about. Yeah, that's great. I've never heard you quite articulated that way. Yeah, I've read thousands of uh, well, thousands, <laughs> right? More like hundreds. One day, one day, right? <laughs> lots of different interviews, and I've read lots of different things, and have seen things in print, but I've mm-hmm. never heard it quite put that way. So thank uh-huh. you for explaining that. No problem. Yeah. And I and I think that's a that's a larger conversation for women of color mm-hmm. and, and not just black women but Hispanic women get misunderstood. Yep. We we all get misunderstood, you know, and like, you know, like I had a girlfriend who said um her manager said uh, a new manager coming in said that because she looked at her a certain way, she right. she thought, "Oh, this one's going to be trouble." Which comes from her history of bias for women who look right, like that. You're right, right. And, right. And so, you know, and, and again, I, I thought, wow, that's that. And, you know, and she was like, what should I do? And I said, uh, you need to go talk to somebody. Because mm-hmm. to me, that that's an example of, of, of privilege. And how could she say that just because you looked a cert- looked at her a certain right. way, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, just very, like you very said, stereotypical. that again, mm-hmm. that misunderstanding of language, you know, and, you know, she said, she said to the woman, how do you even know I was even looking at you? Right. I could have been thinking about something. I have it's, four kids. It's your own, it's your yeah. own bias that you bring to, it's your own fears that right. you bring to the table. So that's, that's the whole goal of the paintings, of the portraits, is that, they stare. It's not like, you know, that whole bell hooks talks about, um, you know, like the little kid who gets beat or, you know, did something wrong. And it's like, right. don't look at me, you yeah. know. So it's that stare back like, you know, maybe this is you and not me. Yeah. You know, all yeah. your fears and stuff you brought to the table. Right. So until you reconcile that, we're just going to sit here and have like a staring contest. And then, you know, you got to deal with your own stuff. Yeah. Basically. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? um, I have a few things coming up. Um, I'm hoping to have another solo show in 2020. The solo shows take um, work. You know, I am as much a researcher, writer, you know, stuff like that. So a lot goes into the show for me. So I'm sort of in that development process right now. And there's a lot of things that have really been kind of just bugging me. The whole like missing black girl thing. Um, black boys and PTSD. Um, so there, there's just been a lot of kind of things that I'm sort of working through. So I'm hoping in 2020 to have another solo show. I don't know where that's going to be yet. Um, I know I'm on the Beaches Fine Arts schedule for early next year. Um, I will be working with the great Bobby O'Connor, who's a writer, and um, adapting her Screams Echo. Um, sometime be, that next sounds year. Like that. That'll be amazing. Yeah, yeah, it'll be along with the. I hope I don't get this wrong. I think Rich Chamber Players also. Okay. Um, <clears throat> like sooner rather than later, open studios at Cork is November twenty third. 
that's when all these studios at Cork are open. A lot, a lot of people don't know that there's like 60, 70 artists in there. Mm-hmm. So everybody opens their doors. That's October 23rd. And um, I personally am speaking at a conference in Pensacola next week. It's called a Creative Founders Conference. It's just a group of creatives, people who like paint and draw and make invitations, wedding industry people, stuff like that. And I speak at that conference. So. Okay. So your artist type, you've had several different artist type events where mm-hmm. you've done some creative writing classes. You've also done some, you've teach people how to teach the artist who mm-hmm. seems to f- forget the importance of a curriculum vitae or right. a resume or how to, how to, how do you take all of everything that you do as an artist and put it in a format so that people can see mm-hmm. and want to work with you? Um, what's that process like? Um, just in terms of, not so much like what look, can I kind of I'm going to go sure. around to yeah, answer that. Yeah. The, that was one of those things that came from <clears throat> the sort of problem solving thing, like me seeing an issue. Because what would happen would be like there would be some submission thing, something, some applications do. And then people would call and say, hey, you know, can I use your resume to format my own or your, you know, your CV to format my own? Or can you help me with this proposal? So having those conversations made me sort of realize that there's a. There's a hole here. Like yeah, people need there was help. A need. So, um, and it was a professionalism thing, and we were we're having all these conversations about how, like, how many artists in in who work in Jacksonville, not necessarily from Jacksonville, are having national shows or getting like national and international grants and things like that. Like, are we just kind of Jacksonville famous and we're not going any farther? And I think a lot of that has to do with like professionalism. And I'm not not saying it's not happening at all because I don't know that. But I'm saying in case it's not, let's. I know we all have great work, but let's kind of get our professionalism side together. Mm -hmm. So that's what artist types is. It's just me helping people um, get their paperwork together. Yeah, that's it. So artist types is literally about typing. You know, (laughs) so anything Ah. that has to do with with paperwork. Um, so that, that's where that sort of came from. And I love, you know, I'm a teacher at the end of the day. I'm right. an educator. So I love to kind of get up in front of people and do workshops and help people because we all go together, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. Like we all, everybody in this room, we're all kind of hitting at the same time, you know. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I can elevate what I'm doing, then I can bring everybody else with me. So if we want Jacksonville to be sort of like the art center that's why you're of here. the South, right, yeah, that's then, why you're here. then we yeah. all got to kind of do it together. And I mean, I think... Yeah. We can't always show up to sort of represent ourselves, so we can kind of get just start with paperwork. Then, so that's, so that's beautiful. What types that's are. beautiful. Okay. Saw a need and address the need. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's beautiful. Okay, take a quick moment and tell everybody how they can find you. Like where you know your website, social media stuff, all that good thing. Yeah. Um, there's two places you can find me. Mainly AaronIsCreative.co. There is another Erin is Creative out there, and she doesn't use any of it, but. So for me, it's eriniscreative.co on all like social media. And that's Erin is E-R-I-N. You can also find me like on Artist Types. And it's just that it's um, Artist Types. So A-R-T-I-S-T-T-Y-P-E-S. Um, that's also all social media on both of those. So one's kind of just that professionalism side. So it kind of lives there. There's not a lot of me personally on the artist type side, mm-hmm. but just anything kind of my day to day, what's going on with shows, things like that. All of that stuff is on my website. The website is just Aaron is co. So C-O, not C-O-M. Gotcha. That's it. All right. Awesome. Well, this has been very insightful. I really appreciate you coming by and talking to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No problem at thank all. You, thank Aaron. you again. Yeah. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> thank oh, you know what? You know what we should do one day? What? 
We should collaborate on the show. We should. You know how like they have like the um, black girl rock. Maybe we could say black girl you rock or or, or have some creative like rock your black. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I am all and for then we, it. You know, like I have like different photographs of women. You know, beautiful women. Yeah, don't share. Natural. Let's not share the whole oh. story on. No, the I'm mic. saying I got to give her the premise. <laughs> okay. Of how I, we could. Because you know somebody will gladly take all these foot these oh, little side yeah. notes. Oh True. And well, it ain't gonna know, be her art, and it ain't gonna be my photo. Next you week, go. you'll see a graphic. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like he said, it won't be. It won't be us. Okay. It's not going to be right no, if it's it not it us. Won't. I agree. So, but I agree. I'm, I'm, listen, I am all for that. Like 2020 for me is, is wide open. So, and I'm looking to do like more collaboration type things. Like my open studios, um, Pete's going to come like DJ in my studio throughout the day. So we can kind of bring that art and music crowd in there. Um, can like I shoot a, a video in there? A you music absolutely video? can. Come on. Music? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, you okay. absolutely can. So I'm really trying to do more collaborative things. Um, my next solo show, as an artist, it'll be a solo show, but just kind of trying to bring in like music and like programming and stuff in and around that I am all for. So most of the time, when people say, "Can I?" I'm like, "Sure, let's let's figure it out." Excellent. Mm-hmm. This was good. Yeah, I learned a whole lot about you tonight. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You have to come back again. Yes. Always, anytime. 2020. Sounds like it's going to be lit. Yes. All right. Taste Test Live is a fully syndicated podcast and is on podcast services or wherever you listen to your podcast.